Good morning, Remy. Good morning, Breck. Thought it was going to be smooth sailing this morning, and then, then it wasn't. It's because I didn't wake up yesterday, so you didn't wake up today. <laughs> oh, folks, how about Remy's hair? Loving it. Show them. Show the. It is a. I go. I go. I used to go like purple and pink and teal and blue every um, fall, but now I just go with purple. So you know what I secretly want to do, Remy? I I do want to do it, but I'm scared. I'm like, well, if it looks terrible, I could buy a wig. You know the girls who have like the it's like shaved, it's short and it's shaved yeah. and it's like I don't know, not shaggy, but they can like make it it's longer in front so they can make it stick up. Like I've really always wanted to do that, but it's a scary adventure. I don't, I, do, my, I don't do my hair enough to do things like that. So yeah. Well, it's literally <laughs> taken me. <laughs> it's taken me two kids and quitting my job to get my hair to grow. So I'm kind of afraid to cut it off now, but I think that I think the women who are secure enough to rock that look, I love it. Um, but I, and so I love the purple hair. Thank you. I mean, if you want to cut your hair, cut your hair. It's just hair. It'll come back and color, whatever color you want and mm -hmm. cut however you want. It'll just come back. I feel a little vain saying that, but honestly, if you knew how hard I had to work to get this thing to grow, maybe you'd understand. But yeah, I mean, that's a lot, Remy, because what if you look like <laughs> it, it's, terrible. You know, it's like all the girls that look super cute in there, like uh, messy buns, and I just look like Trunchbull from Matilda. So there's oh, my God. <laughs> so I know that Remy and I can't be the only ones sharing the... Um, the memes about the fall clothes and how they look. I think it's so funny. The ones about, oh, look at this girl looking all cute in her flannel. And here I look like a lumberjack. <laughs> yeah, it's 100%. It's like, oh, where's my axe? I'm going to go pick that up. Next. I know. <laughs> uh, it kills me. I love the fall memes. I do. Um, I kind of like the fall. I enjoy that because I like all the smells. I was just listening back to our... <laughs> our favorite uh podcast a couple days ago and then i had to laugh about that um but yes i love all of the clothes i love wearing being able to wear the sweaters and all the things but uh hate what comes with this is this cold it's literally single digits here this morning yeah i turned my um air conditioner on because it was hot in his in the office and um she told me that earlier and I gave her the bird through the camera because <laughs> no. my heater's on and set at 71 degrees. My air is set on 71. So at least we're meeting. There. <laughs> well, uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to coffee with the cowgirls. I'm Brett Kruger. And I'm Remy Greer. And today um, we're going to talk about all the things we love. Yes. Um, a little recap from last week, because I do have some really funny stories to share from the weekend. And I thought about sharing them on social media. And I'm like, nah, I think I'll save it for my talk with Remy. Um, Bronson's birthday was last Wednesday. So he wanted to have some friends over and go to the football game on Friday night, the high school football game. I said, fine, we can do that. So he invited four other little fifth grade boys over. And they are really, really funny, like inappropriate funny. And that is my kind of humor. Uh, they don't know that they're being funny, though. Um, oh, my God. It's so funny. Just so funny. I heard more talk about boners, they, but they didn't know. I'm not. It's just funny because. They were being very innocent about it. And oh, yeah, I found it hilarious. It was definitely a comedy show. So we uh, we had to take a friend home from cross country yesterday and the boys were talking in the back. And he he's also in fifth grade with my oldest. And uh, <laughs> we were talking about girlfriends and he goes, yeah, I got seven girlfriends because I like to have options. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> like it. I see. I love that witty humor that they have, and they don't even know that they're being funny. Uh, I laughed. I laughed a lot, and 
I'm glad that we didn't do the sleepover birthday party because I don't know if I could have handled that. <laughs> so it's, uh... um, anything else happened last week that we should discuss? I can't remember. I don't, I don't know. My life's all the same. Ride horses, brand cattle, check vets, all cows. Well, our lives are a lot different in that sense because I don't do any of that. And I told Remy, I kind of feel like a fair weather cowgirl. I'm not going to lie because I have not been on a horse in two weeks. It's just too dang cold for me and I don't really enjoy it. So yeah, uh, we, on uh, Monday, we bought some cows from a guy that we've um, helped brand for a long time. He's just getting older and he's, it's actually very sad, honestly, because he's kind of getting out of the cow deal and, um, so we'd go and sort those cows, but I was in the truck with our partner and he and I were talking, I was like, look, I don't want to run off the side of hills for cattle anymore. I don't want to have to rope cattle. I don't want to have to rope horses. If it's bronchy, I don't want to ride. And he looks at me and he's like, yeah, no, I get it. I was like, I am all about light to moderate ranching. Like, we're going to go with the cows and we're going to stop at this restaurant and eat some lunch. And then that's <laughs> what we're going to do. Like, we got to get up early just because it's two hours away from us, but I'm all about not... Um, not being super ranchy like yeah 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 i um i feel like i've just been working hard lately on all things marketing marketing for our horse sale in arizona getting things ready to roll for that which feels weird because that's in march but it's it all just takes a lot to get it all together so that uh getting ready to leave for arizona trying to put all the pieces in play for that um doing good things with our stallion Spottish, trying to get all of his stuff in order to start the 2023 breeding season and um, scheduled my first top hand cowgirl challenge for Arizona. And I'm super excited. I don't, would you not have a date to announce yet, but we're going to have one in California too. Yeah. This winter. It's going to be awesome. Last um, spring because I'm a fair weather cowgirl too. I'm not going to be up there, but it's super cold. Yeah, well, what is fun, Remy, is there are so many. There, the response that I got was much more than I was thinking. Uh, a lot of cowgirls that we know, a lot of cowgirls that we don't. I'm really looking forward to what lies ahead for this winter because it's going to be filled with a lot of fun things and a lot of new people. So, well. I think that we should get into this finally seven minutes in. Um, last week I did have somebody say to me, I love what you guys are doing, but I don't know how you are able to openly talk about everything that happens in your life. And I laughed and I said, well, I think that we do it because we feel like it's important and it's been laid on our heart to talk about all the things that people, women, mostly, may go through because nobody talks about all the good, all the bad, and everything in between. And I think that there's just a lot. You build a community when you're able to do that. Um, and it's, I think the more that we do it, it definitely gets easier. Right, Remy? Yeah. I mean, I also like, you know, I've never hidden anything. So I know for me, it's, it's, it's been easier for me. I feel like you've got, it's gotten a lot easier for you to not be worried about it because the other thing is like, once you own that you're a shit show, no one can, you know, they can't, they can't accuse you of anything. You're like, yeah, I'm a train wreck. I'm fully aware, fully aware. Well, Get on you this might, track with me. Well, you might not have hidden anything from anybody, Remy. I don't think that you broadcasted it to no, yeah, that either. Hundreds of people. Yeah. But, uh... Uh, it doesn't feel like that though. It feels so much um, honest. If I'm being honest, I would say that it feels so much more natural than that. It's literally just a conversation between Remy and I, and all of the things that happen in a person's life. And I think that because of Remy and I's weekly dialogue. There are some things that have happened to me, um, but I think that my changes have taken course over the last two years. Uh, 
It's been a gradual progression. Sorry, my phone keeps lighting up over here, distracting me. Um, it's been a gradual progression, probably for the best, because if it would have happened all at one time, I would have been really crazy and nuts. So getting to where we're going with our conversation today is Remy and I talk, girls talk pretty much every week or I'm sorry, every week, every day, every day, every day day we talk girl talk and um, our conversations just help us to where we're going to go for the next week with Coffee with the Cowgirls. And it's very obvious and I've not hidden the fact that over the last four weeks, I've been pretty emotional and it's been weird because I am a little emotional. Like I can't watch a Hallmark movie without crying but I've never been emotional like I am today. Um, and it's all, it's mostly over really good things. Uh, just watching the people around me. Um, my kids have really made me emotional lately because they've just, I know what I've know. I always say what I've done to them. When I say that it's not a bad thing, but their life looks a lot different than most because of the way we live. So it makes me happy. I cry happy tears because I see them flourishing and thriving with what we do um, from a school standpoint, that sort of thing. And after our conversation last week, Remy called me and we were talking. And right before she called me, I've got some really good girlfriends in my corner. Right before she called me, the one had texted me and said, Hey, the driver's ed training for Bodie's class just came out and she's like, Hey, did you see that the driver's ed come out? I just wanted you to know as a reminder, because he needs to be intermittent by this date. It wasn't even five minutes later. My other girlfriend texts me. She said the same thing. And as she had texted me, Remy was talking to me and I'm like, Oh my God, these girls, like I've never given anybody the opportunity to I've had women like that in my life, but I've never given them the opportunity to actually show their true friendship, but I do with these women. And Remy says, do you think that this is what's making you emotional? And I said, maybe. And then it was like four minutes later, the other friend texted me and she said, I've got a whole folder started for you because she knows my weaknesses and my weaknesses is like planning and scheduling for the kids. She said, I have a full a whole folder scheduled for you filed for you on what you need to do going forward for different dates and meeting different deadlines for the kids. And then I just started bawling on the phone and I'm like, Oh, Remy, who has these kind of friends? Who does this? I mean, it's a really good feeling. And she goes, I think that that is where your emotions are coming from. And I said, I think that you might be right. Just simply that. No, you know, like part of our conversation was it's really hard when you think you're an island, right? I don't need anyone. I don't need help. I can handle it. And then when you start to let people in, it opens you up for a whole slew of emotions because part of it is you've just blocked it off, right? Like I can be the good for someone else, but I don't need anyone to be the good for me. And then when you open yourself up for all those things, it is emotional and it's it makes you feel all sorts of weird ways at first because you're not used to processing someone doing good for you without attachment, right? Like, why would you do it for me? Well, because they love you. That's why they're doing it. They're not doing it because it benefits them telling you that driver's ed for your kid starts then doesn't benefit you to benefit them. It benefits you. It's the same thing for the people that just called a check on you. It's not because they need something from you. They genuinely want to know how you are. But the hard part is when you open up your heart and your soul to that, it does. It opens a floodgate of emotions, especially if you haven't been dealing with them for a very long time. And it doesn't mean that it's traumatic, but you're unpacking a lot of walls that you've built up. And um, yeah, it can make you very emotional about very small things too. (laughs) I know. And I feel like I'm much better this week. But honestly, I think I'm much better because you and I have that conversation and you're like, I think that this is what it is. And I stopped and thought about it. And I 
thought to myself, I think that she is correct. That that is a lot of what's going on. Um, and <clears throat> I'm not, can't remember where I was going with that. Uh, oh, I know where I was going with that. Cause I wrote about it in my blog last week is, you know, it wasn't, everybody says, oh, stop and live in the moment. That's fucking hard. That is really freaking hard. I mean, it's super easy to say, but it is really hard. And I don't know how to tell you to do it. All I know is that, and I'm not telling you to do this. I'm not telling anybody to do this, but I don't even think that I realized I was doing it or I did it until last week is I always said, oh, I'm living in the moment because it's really easy to say, but I never really was. Not until I quit my job and started focusing on something that is my passion. And that is truly what Remy and I are creating and doing. But it wasn't until that point, until I let go of all of the things that I thought were extreme. Sorry, I'm not crying, but my mascara looks like it's running. Um, until I let go of all of the things that I thought were really, really important to me that really held no water. And that was my job. But I've not been employed by a nine to five for, I think it's, it's coming up on two years very shortly here. But it took me over a year to figure that out. Um, that I am now for, or finally... I'm truly living in the moment and I didn't even recognize it when I was living in the moment. You know what I'm, does that make any sense at all? Yeah. And that goes back to last week's conversation, right? Like, are, I need you, I need your 10 minutes. I need you to be here. And, um, it's really, again, it's really it really, that. And then yeah, that's really, still something I work on. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's for everything, right? It's when you're at your, it's like, um, like I multitask a lot. So we were doing the stuff with the cows on Monday and then I'm putting out flyers at the same time and scheduling a bunch of other stuff. It, uh, when you're busy, it's really hard to live in the moment, but you have to find little pieces of joy. And I think the other thing going back to what we're going to talk about, you know, about letting people in and being loved is for women specifically. Right. And I just, the other reason I think it's emotional when you let people in is that you're really told for a lot of your life why you're not good enough, right? I would love you if, if you were thinner, if you were sweeter, if you smiled more, if you tried harder, if, 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 if. You might not even be told that. No, but you no, that's not, it's not, not that. It, it doesn't have to be verbal, right? All of the, you see it. all of the social, all of the social influences the marketing. are telling you, right? Like if you, if you did this, then this would be true. Right. But we talked about it, I think, in Who's Your Circle also when I cry, when I cried. And um, like people want to love you with qualifications. Hi, baby. Okay. Can you go over and get in bed with daddy? Okay. It's my life. Motherhood. Motherhood. <laughs> um, but it's if, you know, if you did all these things, these are the qualifiers for me to like you. These are the qualifiers for me to love you. If you meet these these requirements, then I can love you. Then I can like you. Then we can do these things. So when you have friends that love you without qualification, that love you without you having to earn that love, right? It's a scary validation of that you are good enough. You're good enough as you are for someone to love you. You are worthy of being loved. And for most of our life, we're told, and it's not just a woman thing. It's it's more prevalent with women. For most of your life, you're told why you're just not quite good enough. So when you have someone that loves you so wholly that they're doing all these things out of the goodness of their heart because they love you and they care about you, it is a it is like being in therapy, right? Like you're good enough as you are. You're good I've enough. I've never been in anything that resembles therapy until I met you. This I is have. like therapy. <laughs> it's a it's therapy by proxy. Um but, you know, it's telling you, you're good enough as you are. You are worthy of all that love and all that goodness. You're worthy of it. And you're not worthy of it just as a vessel to give it to somebody else. Like you, yourself, wholly and entirely are worthy of all the love that is out there. Well, um, 
yeah, it is, it's been a hard thing for me to process. Um, just because I, it is actually my college roommate. She commented on our YouTube video a couple of weeks ago. I can't even remember what we were talking about, Remy, but, um, it was something to the effect of, I don't want to accept help because I always feel like a burden. I too. I mean, but these women have never given me anything other that, I mean, they've never given me an opportunity or a chance to say, no, I don't want to accept it. They just like, (laughs) they're like draft horses, like barging (laughs) in and taking control. And I'm like, oh my God. So I, I, they forced my hand at accepting it and they, but they don't, they don't force their hand at something that's out of their wheelhouse, which that makes, you know, that would sometimes make me uncomfortable. No, they, they force their hand at me at all of the things that I'm terrible at. Like, oh my gosh, we've got to be gone. And one of my children needs to be at practice and how am I going to get them to me? And they're like, we've got that. Don't even worry about that. But they're all, I mean, my, these girlfriends know nothing about a horse. And I love that. I love that they know nothing about a horse. They want to be cowgirls. Like they'll come and support me with everything, but they're really good. They're really good moms and they're amazing sports parents. They're all about it. Uh, So they help me on all of the things that I'm just really not good at because they love that. And they're like, I mean, they make me go, which last week I went to three high school sports functions. That's, I haven't been to a high school sports function since I was in high school. And I mean, I don't think I have to remind you guys that I'm 40. So that was a long time ago, decades. My God, it was fun though. But it's, there's that realization. I think that for the first time in a long time, I have truly stopped and looked around me and like, there's a lot of shit around me too, but there's a lot of shit around everybody. The good in my life outweighs the shit by so much. And that is why my tears are the people around me that are doing really good things. I mean, I have, there's so many of these young women that have surrounded around me and I see all the time they're doing really good things. They're really getting out in there and being the person that they want to be. That makes me proud. It makes me proud to see all the moms I know that don't think they're killing it, but they really are. I, for the first time, I see life a lot differently than I ever have. And that's the only way that I can put it. And I think that that's what makes me emotional. And I get pissed off at myself and frustrated and cry now when I put myself in a bad mental position, because now I know. I can't afford to be in that mental position. I don't like to be there anymore. I I like to enjoy and see all the good. And I think that there's a lot of it. Yeah. And like, I mean, you hear me personally say it all the time. I know it bothers my husband because I say it all the time. But whatever you put out into the world comes back to you. It comes back to you. So, you know, and I will reiterate the same thing I've said almost every week. You do not do good things for someone expecting that someone to do good things for you. You do good things for someone and put it out into the world because it makes you feel better and you're trying to add good into a very chaotic space. And it will come back to you. It will come back to you in a myriad of ways. And it's the same thing like I, so I talk about forgiveness a lot, right? Like we all have to have forgiveness for ourselves. We have to have forgiveness for others. But I was talking to my, um, the girl that does my hair the other day. And I said, the biggest fault with a lot of people about forgiving someone is there's a forgiveness with qualifications, right? I will forgive you, but I'll always remember. I'll always carry this. Now, if you're going to forgive someone, just forgive them and be done. It does them no good. It does you no good to carry the grudge of forgiveness. But again, it's about what you put out into the world. If you want the world to be a better place, be more positive, find the good in everything, because it does not matter how bad things are. There is some good and it's not being Pollyanna. It's not being overly optimistic because trust me, I am positive. Yeah. Like not toxically positive because I have been in the middle of having cattle 
fucking dying. Like, uh, actually, so we have a friend that just came in yesterday from Canada. His name's Kurt. And the first year he came down, we had, um, the first year he came down, we bought a bunch of cattle out of Texas. The drought had been really bad there. We did not have a drought in California at that time. And we were dealing with diseases we'd never seen before. Like we'd never seen. And they were running through our, through our barn. Like we were, the cattle were eating and then they couldn't get up. Like they didn't show any signs of sickness. They'd be fine and then die. So we are spending a fortune in medication and running necropsies to figure out what's wrong with them. Now this is the first time, like we'd only met Kurt once before and he's staying at our place and it's pissing down rain and we're out there doctoring cattle that are dying en masse. Like we cannot stop the death. And it's horrible. And it was horrible to be with it. But you know what? We forged this really good friendship through yeah. really watching a lot of animals die that we couldn't be in control of. And it's the same. And it, it sucks. But it's like, you know, that is now a, not a great memory because no one likes animals to die. But you had someone that didn't have to be there with you in it and was out there in the rain trying to help you doctor everything he could. So, again, in the middle of all the bad stuff, there's a lot of good. There's so much good and you can't do good expecting it just to, you know, it's like when people talk about praying, right? Like I prayed for this bike. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not how prayer that works. Not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works, but some people think that. So it's the same thing, right? I don't do good for person A because I expect person A to do things back for me. And going back to your girlfriend. So my best friend, um, never wanted someone to come clean her house and her husband calls me right before Christmas and goes we were supposed to have the whole family over she's been working really hard the house is not going to be clean and she shouldn't have to clean the house like we have enough money to pay the cleaning lady I go okay he goes but I can't do it she won't take my help I said don't worry she's not gonna take my help either I'm just going to send my cleaning lady over so I, I call my girlfriend I was like oh you like what are you doing today because it's like the 23rd or something of December She's like, oh God, I got to go to Costco. I got to go to the market. I have to get all these things done. I was like, oh, that sounds like a very busy day. I hang up really quickly and I call my cleaning lady. I was like, I need you at this address at this time. Like you have to do it while she's out of the house. You have to get started before she gets home. So she calls, so Christine calls That's me later. And she's like, things though. Yeah, but she's like almost crying. She's like, I didn't know how much I needed the help. And she's like, oh my God, this is amazing. And now she uses the cleaning lady all the time. But the same but thing. It's really hard to take though. Uh-huh. Okay. Because it's not hard to accept that help from you because it comes from a good place. But it's really hard to accept the fact that you need a cleaning lady because you can uh -huh. do it all. Yeah, that is where the yes, you can you're do right. it. All. And I think I've gotten better too. Like before I used to like there'd be times like if you go look at my past posting history on Facebook, where I'm posting flyers for the next three months for events at 3.30 in the morning. And same thing, Christina calls, she's like, did you sleep at all last night? And I was like, I want to sleep at 5.30 and I got up at 7. For what? Like, I'm not, stuff needs to get done. It doesn't need to get done that badly. And I have to get better about, like, now when I'm tired, I rest. I go to sleep because before I was like, I can do everything. No, like, sleep is for the week. I don't need to sleep. I don't need to talk. I don't need to do anything. Just put your head down and go to work. And then you get to a certain age and you're like, well, sleep's not for the week. I need to sleep. I need sleep. Remy, I wrote something down that you talk a lot about and I got to thinking about it as we're talking. I'm like, you know, maybe seeing the good in all and what is around you, maybe that isn't having maybe that isn't me stopping to slow down or since I'm slowed down, just seeing it, maybe seeing the good is something that you get when you build muscle memory in your mind to see the good. Maybe that's what happens. Like you, like you work, I think maybe that might be it. I don't know. Maybe you work on that so hard and finally it just, finally you see the good. And it's, it's true. Like when we talk about negativity, right, it's easy to get sucked into the negative and then that's all you recognize. So it does take work to find the positive and, yeah. you know, it is a, it is a muscle. It is a muscle about, um, finding the good and, you know, and then I have developed this habit of ignoring when people are super negative about stuff, just like. 
if you're negative all the time, I'm not going to listen to you because I just remove myself anymore. Yeah, because you don't because... add value, right? Like, I don't care if you want to vent. I don't want to care if you're negative about a couple things. But when people are consistently negative, they now color their, they can either color your worldview, right? They can make all that stuff look gray and toxic and poisonous to you. Or they color themselves to you. So for me, now people color themselves to me because I don't think that the world is inherently bad or good. I really don't. I think the world just exists as it is. So it is your choice to pick what you see in the world. And, um, you know, I think I talked about it before. I don't know if I talked about it before on here, but there's this thing about like you, people assume that the universe has a plan for them, right? Like, and if you turned right and you were supposed to turn left, now you ruined everything. But it's not like that. It's that if you were supposed to turn right and you turn left, well, now you have to make more lefts to get back to the right you were supposed to take. And I, I think that people get caught up in if I did something or if I acted a certain way, then this wouldn't have happened. Well, maybe it would have still happened. Yeah. But again, find the good. Like, okay, so now you got to take more lefts to get back to where you were supposed to, but you still end up where you're supposed to be. I, re I, I again, I truly believe that you're, you always end up where you're supposed to be. Sometimes we make it much harder on ourselves to get there. But you know, it, it's like you said, like you talked about it. It, it would have been hard for you to come to the realizations you came to if you didn't work in a corporate job. And that's a whole other, and that's a whole other life, right? Like if you start thinking, if I want to take in these jobs, and it's not just you, it's everyone, right? If I want to take in these jobs, I would be X, Y, or Z. Well, you, you don't know that. You have no idea about that. Maybe that would have happened for you. Maybe it wouldn't have. And all those things are pieces of you that you've built up over the time, over time. Like, I am not a selfish person. There are, I mean, I'm just not, that's not who I am. I don't want for anything. I'm not, I shouldn't say like material things don't really hold much value to me, I should say. Um, but I am selfish with my time. I'm sorry, not selfish with my time. Selfish with, I am selfish about who and what I put around me. And that wasn't until the last two years, more so the last year, because I've had to work my ass off. I recognized that I was becoming the negative Nancy. I hated being the negative Nancy. And the negative Nancy was coming from everything that was around me. And it wasn't like malicious. They These people weren't doing it maliciously. It's just who they are. And I had to become real selfish with that. I had, and I think that that's the reason, like, I'm like, I wonder if it is muscle memory. Because that is when I turned to all the podcasts and started listening to all of the positivity that people were doing when they got stuck into really bad situations. And it started kind of re-energizing me, refocusing me. I liked it. So then every time I got into a bad mindset, I would go, I would go back to the good in those podcasts. And I think over time I've started to realize how important it is. And I like it. I like the feeling of having a good focus because when you feel good and you're mentally in the right spot, it's so much easier to go and do all of the good and put all of the good out in the world. When you're not in that right mindset and you're surrounded by negativity, for me at least, it's like a creative, you're just like held up. You can't, I can't do shit because I can't even think because I'm not in the right space. And I would think that that has to be the same for you because you're a super creative person. I mean, I, I think Maybe. it just affects what I create. So if it comes real dark, when it's real dark and um, pretty depressing, but you know, I think and it's almost, it's easier to block out malicious negativity, right? Cause you can recognize it. You're like, well, that guy's a fucking asshole, right? Like that's easy to block out. The hard part are those guys that leech energy and joy from you. And I wouldn't call it being selfish. It's just being protective. And again, going back to having good friends, 
right? Like you get to be really protective and choose your circle. And then uh, the people that really love you figure out, they're like water. They figure out how to fill in all of your cracks, right? So you've built up this whole wall and then you start letting people in and it's kind of, uh, it's frightening to let people all the way in, to let people really love you for you and not a curated image and not for what you offer them. But, I, uh, but like, again, like when you start to build that protective wall, you also open, and it sounds, because I say a protective wall or being, you were calling it being selfish, but when you start seeking out the good, you attract more of that. Whatever you put out, you attract. So it's like when you're negative, you attract more negative people. When you're positive and realistically positive, because we all have to deal with shit. But when you're positive, you attract those people and they fill in your gaps. Like that's a big part of friendship is you don't need a friend that's just like you. You can have a friend that's just like you, but you don't need a friend that's just like, or you don't need, you don't need people that just pay lip service to you all the time. You need someone that fills in your holes, that fills in the cracks in your life. And, you know, you I end like up. When I got to the point where I recognized, like, and understood, the only person I get freaking mad at is myself, Remy. When I put myself in the situation around somebody who's going to take energy from me that is take energy from me and put bad energy back into me. I just, I don't get, I, well, I cry tears of frustration and then I get pissed at myself because I know better than that. And I am at a spot where I'm like, I just, I need to fill myself up, fuel myself up with the good, not something that takes the good away from me. And I think so. And, and we'll see if this is true for you in a couple of years. I, uh, and I say this because I've been there, right? Like I have to protect myself and this is what I have to do. And I can't have anything else around me. So some people will be drawn to your light and some people need to borrow your light. So once you've been on that journey for a while, you can lend your energy to people because yeah. you're strong enough now, but you're not lending your energy to everybody you're lending your energy to someone whose light is starting to dim, right? Yes. And then, and so, you know, and, and that gets, and, and for like, especially for our younger listeners, that gets easier as you get older, as long as you're very confident in who you are. Now, if you're still- You start to recognize that though, Remy. Yeah. Yeah. You do you start, start to, to recognize But if you're that. at the beginning of this journey of finding your light and your energy and what makes you happy, be very careful with how you spend your energy because there will be people that are drawn to your light that only want to take it from you and don't want to give it back. Like, you know, they always say like, don't fill up someone's cup who wouldn't fill up yours. Okay. But you can recognize that. I I truly feel like you, you can, but when you're younger, it is a lot harder to differentiate. Oh yeah. yeah. Hell I'm 40, almost soon to be 41. And I didn't realize any of this stuff until the last two years. <laughs> And that's all, that's all I'm saying is like, for me, this journey has been a little bit longer, Oh, you know, oh, it's been really long for me. It just, like I said, it's all coming into focus better for me now, but it's, and it's happened over the last two years, which that's a pretty short time frame to have all of these like, oh my God moments. Uh, it really is. Um, and going back to well, you were talking about giving or like lending your light. Um, when you start recognizing all of this too, you know who you should pour your love into and who you should. Uh, I don't know how to say that. Not like not pour any love into because that's not no, nice. It's, but. it's um. You learn who's worth it. But again, this goes also back to that forgiveness thing, right? Don't do things expecting immediate return, right? Don't do nice things for someone because you want accolades or you want. Oh. But a lot of people do, right? If I do these things, then people will see me. Don't do that because then it isn't from a place of love or even caring. It's selfish. And then that'll turn back on itself again. Energy matters. Intentionality 
matters. How, why you're doing something, it all matters. It's not just the act that matters. It's what comes behind it because sometimes you will fuck up big. You will do something you should not have done. But if the intention wasn't bad, it's a lot easier to forgive yourself. It's a lot easier to get forgiveness. But you do. But the other thing, like I've done a lot of stuff for people that would never do it for me. And I had to learn. And I learned this one a long time ago. Again, it wasn't a qualification for me. If I loved you, I would do those things. I would continue to love you. And that is very hard. And again, that is something you learn as you get older. For me, it's really easy to do something for someone that does not love me if I love them or I care about them. But I had to learn how to protect myself. But I don't do it begrudgingly. I do it because I want to do it. But that is a fine line to walk. Am I doing this because I want to do it or am I doing it because I think in some way it'll make someone love me or care about me or make me more popular or make me more successful? And I don't really care about any of those things. Like, that's not the marker of me anyway. Like, that's okay. You don't it have to. It may have been one day. It may yeah. have been. Yeah. And it's. And it's a time ago, but it's and not. It's not and it's not. And that's why I say, like, it's very hard to be super like you do, you have to really be confident in who you are as a person before you can truly give away a lot of your light. Because if you're really confident, you know, the light comes back. If you're not really confident, now you've given away part of yourself that you feel like you can't get back. It's all such a journey. I asked Remy yesterday, because it's something I've been thinking about a lot, Taz, is has your passion changed? Has your passion changed uh, since we've been talking, since we've been, since we've been doing coffee with the cowgirls, because folks, for what we do, I mean, it is like a weekly therapy session, but I think that through this, we probably find a little piece of ourselves and we probably grow. And I kind of feel like things because of what we do, I think that you kind of do have a little change. It just depends on what change that is. And so I was like, Remy, do you feel like because of what we do, has your passions changed? And um, like I was telling her, for me, I, I know I get burnout. Like this is not new. But I think us talking and the same thing, us talking and then people listening to us helps us articulate how we're feeling, right? Because a lot of times, you know, you're feeling a certain way. And then um, again, about being genuine and honest. And I not saying it because I have great friends. I do have great friends, but I don't feel like I have to hide who I am when I talk to you or my other really like I have a group of friends and none of them give me the same answer, which is great. Believe me, folks, there is nothing hidden on what we talk about. Yeah, so a lot of people, you know, you talk to people, and again, it's like, well, how are you so honest and how are you so genuine? Well, that's who we are. But the other part of it is I'm surrounded by women that don't make me feel less than, right? Yeah. If I feel crazy, okay, well, why do you feel crazy (laughs) and let's talk it through? And I think that's what... I think this whole podcast and YouTube deals been good for a lot of women about being honest about how you feel and what you need, what you need out of a friendship, what you need out of a relationship, because that's the other thing that changes as you get older. You're like, no, I I don't think your relationship should ever be stagnant because you're changing all the time. Your passions change, your desires change, what you're looking for. And again, I say it a lot. Well, James is going to go to the U.S. finals. I have no desire. And it's not about that. I'm just burnt out. Like I am. I'm burnt out of competing. And it's not just because of the podcast. We have a lot of stuff going on. But I don't want to be gone that long. And before you would have had to beat me off with a stick. And now I'm just like, just not this year. You know? And I think part of that's getting older. Like how much more do I have to win to prove how good I am? Why should I have to prove how good I am? You know, I think for me that what I've learned, well, I've learned a lot through this whole process. Um, and one of the things is that I really enjoy teaching, teaching all of the things. And I mean, I kind of knew that before, but not to the extent that I do now. Like now I want to spend a lot of time doing that. I like that. Um, 
it feel, I mean, it fills up my cup. It fills up me watching people around me do things that they've, maybe I, maybe that's why I like it so much is because I pull energy off of it. Cause I'm completely, we've talked about this. I'm completely, cause you get the same way when you're done teaching for the day. And it doesn't matter if I'm helping somebody with like their path to entrepreneurship, or if I'm helping them with course lessons, whatever, when I'm done for the day, I'm completely spent, like mentally mind gone, just want to be by myself. And that's like the best kind of exhaustion ever because you just spent, you know, hours upon hours breathing light, breathing your passion into someone else. And that's fun. I love it. And I don't think that I ever really knew how much I loved it before. Again, it's like you say you're not a professional horse trainer a lot in here, but you are right. You're good enough. It's easier to say that I'm not, but but you are. And that's that, but again, right. How, and I, I had the same thing for years when we did clinics, it was just James's name on the clinic. Now I was an open rider in my own right that entire time. Mm-hmm. But it was easier to step behind and not take that full responsibility and not take the pressure. But it wasn't even about the pressure. It was, but I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Again, that whole refrain in your mind, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. But you are. So step into it. And then once you step into it and you fully own what you are, it makes your life even more full. But it is scary to commit to something that you've never really taken as part of your you know, identity, identity. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's like we were doing lessons yesterday and James came out and he hasn't been doing as many lessons lately. And he comes out and he goes, oh, I wasn't trying to step on your toes. I said, I didn't think you were stepping on my toes. Like I have, and I don't have an ego in that way. Like I really don't. I just, I'm like, if you want to come do them, come do them. It made it easier for me to get through a bunch of other horses I had to ride. And he was oh getting God. ready for Texas, but it's, and I, I, it's, it's tough to then make something part of your identity and have people critique it because that hurts. Well, it's you're a, it's, kind of losing a little piece of your identity in a way. Yeah. Right. You so, are. Um, so that, that's hard because then you feel like you're being judged because, and that's, I, that is why I asked you, is your passions changed? Not in, in a way that they have, but that's now for you, they're judging you on a piece of your identity going away. Yeah. And, and it's uh, like, listen here. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, and I, again, again, that goes to like your desires change, your passions change. And I think so many people want to judge you on who you were six months ago yeah. or a year ago, or for me, 10 years ago, right? Like, there was a reason I didn't deal with clients for a long time. I'm okay with that. Like I'm very blunt. I am very straightforward. I am going to tell you exactly how I feel in the nicest terms possible, but I do not sugarcoat. I've gotten a lot. I was say, there's not a lot of sugar that goes over that. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've gotten better. I'm a better hand holder, but at the same time, again, it's one of those things where it does not make everyone my friend. But the people that love me really love me. They are fiercely loyal to me. And from the outside, people don't understand it. And um, when we talk about in terms of friendship, right? Are you the glittery friend that's in all the Instagram photos and you guys are all doing the fun things? Are you the friend that never has pictures with their friends because you'd rather hang out with them? Or you're the phone call that they make at three o'clock in the morning when they can't breathe because anxiety hits so hard, right? I'd rather be the dirty friend that's not not the glittery friend. I'd rather be the dust covered friend all day long because I know what those friendships mean to me. And it's, uh, it's different. And that the, the other thing too, is as you get older, I think you start to figure out how to ask to be loved the way you want to be loved. Right. Yeah. It goes to that again, to that friendship. I don't need to be the friend in all the photos. I need to be the friend that when I call you and I tell you, I'm going to kill my husband, you either say, I'm going to help you bury the hole or <laughs> Just listen, right? Like I need you to, and then, and then when you go out to lunch with me and my husband, I need you to not say any of those things I said to you and you not to judge him because you know, I didn't mean it. Yeah. You're just in a, yes, yes, yes. yes. Right. But you have, as you get older, you start to differentiate those friendships between what is a true friendship and what is not, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think we're very easy to call people friends that aren't really your friends. They don't have, 
It's not because they don't have their best interest. They just don't lend a lot to your life. But maybe and I think so all of that, all of that is like the re like you, I feel like I just woke up a month ago and I was like, oh my God, all of a sudden I'm crying because I recognize and realize all of the good around me. It is, and I, it is overwhelming. When, it you is have overwhelming. That, when you have that realization and I have had that, that realization. That's the best way to put it. It's overwhelming again. And again, it comes back to in the sounds that sounds very different. And again, because if you've been to therapy, it doesn't sound that different, but um, <laughs> you are worthy of all that love, right? You're worthy yeah. of it. You don't have to do things to qualify how much you deserve to be loved. And, and it's a lot of it isn't even external. A lot of it is internal. If I was just better, if I was just smarter, if I was just these things, if just X, Y, and Z happened, then I'd be worth it. No, you're worthy, but you are told your whole life from the outside and from the inside that you're not worthy really of that amount of love. How And you even said it on the phone. What did I do to deserve these people? What did I do what to deserve do? these people? Yeah. yeah. You didn't do any. You were you. You deserve that love. Like, yeah, it's it. hard to accept. Now I accept it. I mean, now it's like, it's awesome. But he, I mean, there's so many different levels of it. Like, it is so overwhelming when, because I've always loved my kids. Remy, you love your kids. I mean, there's never been a day that I have not loved my kids. What happened is I woke up a month ago and I'm like, Folks, I pulled my kids out of everything that they ever knew last November. I pulled them from public school, a life that they'd only known. They'd only ever been to one public school their whole school career. So I pulled them out of that to homeschool them so we could move away from all of their friends, the only home that they've ever known. Now I and go to Arizona and live a life that we've never led. For adults, that's easy. For kids, it's hard. As the mother, looking at them, I I worried constantly. And I know that it's one hell of an opportunity for them. They get to see a lot of things. I've had so many people tell me that. I realize that. I'm not dumb. But I'm also, my heart breaks a little bit for them. Because we've done, what we're doing to them is it goes against everything that they know. So then we come back to Minnesota and they were awesome in Arizona. They, they did, they flourished. My kids are pretty socially, socially they're above and beyond school. They're not, <laughs> but you come back to Minnesota, you put them back in their environment. And at the beginning, when we came back, they were both scared because they thought that they were going to be the weird kids. They thought that they were going to have a hard time finding friendship. So we kind of get through the summer with that. They weren't the weird kids. They jumped right back into old friendships. Then we start thinking about school and they were both really scared to go. They weren't, I shouldn't say that. They weren't really scared to go back to school. They were worried. They were worried that they weren't going to be at the same level that the other kids in their grade were. They were worried that... They just were worried that they weren't going to be good students. They were worried that they wouldn't understand the curriculum. This mama's heart broke. Like, it was really hard for me to, I don't know, like, in your head, it's like, God, am I doing the right thing? What the hell are we doing? Uh, most people don't do what we do, we're doing until they're retired. It's freaking hard. That was so hard for me. And then I think people thought that I was crying over my kids because they're so good writers, such good writers. I really don't give a shit if they're good writers. If they love it and they like it, awesome. We don't expect them to be horsemen, showmen when they grow up. I Whatever they want to be, go be, as long as you're, you love it. We don't really give a shit. No, I'm freaking bawling my eyes out because I woke up one day and I realized how hard my kids were trying, how hard my kids were trying to be good students, good friends. I would go to school events and watch them like a hawk to see how they were fitting in with their friends. 
and watching the other kids come around them. Um, watch my oldest like grow up into a man right in front of my eyes. It all made me so emotional because that that's really hard, deep, crazy stuff. So no, and it's a. Uh children are tough, right? They're pieces of you that are walking, they're a piece of your heart walking around outside of your body. And um, my oldest is playing football now and I about had to come apart on the coach and I still <laughs> might. And someone goes, oh, it's because, you know, you just don't understand about being competitive. And I was like, wrong, wrong, wrong bitch. That's not me. Like I'm the queen of Ashland and I don't care if you chew my kid's ass. <laughs> I'm about ready to yours. But um, don't take your frustration out on my kid. Like he did something wrong. Fair enough. But don't take your frustration out on my kid. And I have to be careful because I know I'm super aggressive. Like I'm fully aware that I'm super aggressive. <laughs> but like I let a lot of shit go until I'm done. And then I'm like, throw down. Let's fucking roll. Because you <laughs> want to bully a little kid. I want to show you what a fucking bully looks like. And, um, and my, that my oldest one is softer. Like he is soft. So how, how do I protect him? How do I protect him and not be like just a psycho bitch and protect him because my middle two like have every piece, like the audacity and confidence of them is amazing. You're just like, okay, I never have to worry about you, but my oldest one has so much to offer. And I go, God, like, just be confident. Be confident in what you are. But he's not. And I'm just like, God, I got to walk this line. Because if it was me, like, I'm going to chew his ass and I'm going to chew the coach's ass. Because, like, I'm giving them out. They're coming for everyone. <laughs> for everyone. It's a, it's a lot. And, again, like, I think sometimes that my personality is too big for my children. I think sometimes I've taken personality away from them. Or at least from my oldest one. Not my middle. I have a big personality too, and I don't think you take it away from them. And <laughs> I think you give it to them. And some are just quieter than others. I mean, fuck Remy, you've got four boys. They're all going to be different. I've only got two. They, they one of them's got to be like me. <laughs> well, that's like uh, we were. I was talking to someone because, uh, like, Brayden, my second one, is going to be the end up that the one that ends up getting in fights. Like, he looks for a fight, and he's small and wiry, and that's fine, but he's going to run his mouth one time too many. That's and then his younger brother me. weighs more than him and is just pure muscle. And I go, he's going to end up having to be the muscle to back up his brother. Yes. I don't think my oldest one's ever going to get in a fight, or not, not that he starts. And then my little one, I'm pretty sure, is going to be like a pharmaceutical sales rep because he can smile <laughs> and get whatever he wants. So I was talking to someone and he uh, and he he and I were talking. He goes, yeah, he goes, I don't like, I goes, I don't really fight a lot. He goes, but when I'm done, like I'm done. I said, same for me. Like, I don't fight a lot, but I, I mean, I used to fight a lot more. I said, but when I've had it, like I'm done. He goes, yeah, he goes, you look at my, you look at my brother the wrong way. He's just going to punch you right in the face. And I was like, oh, my God. But it's, you know, it's true. And I, I see it in my kids. I'm like, oh, man. Some of you are going to have a little rougher than others. And I was like, the kid I told you that said he had seven girlfriends because he likes options. He's smaller and wiry, too. So he's he's very funny. Like, and I go. They say the funniest things. I love it. Yeah, but I was like, oh, my. I was like, I get it, though. Like, you're being funny because you're going to make up for not being the biggest kid out there by just being funny. And, yeah, uh, he's going to be the one who. um Dissipates the fighting with his words. Oh, yeah. And he's a scrapper, too. And I was like, man, you got to make your life a little easier. He's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, he's aware that he causes a lot of shit. And Kyle told him, yeah, she goes, I, you just want a lot of outside attention. And the kid looks at me and he's like, yeah, I do. I do want outside attention. Like, Way to well, be self-aware. Way to be yeah, self-aware. You know, it's what he wants. I like it. No, it's... Uh, but the, the, the kids deal is it's so tough because it's tough to not get emotional. It's tough to not overreact because it's James last week. Because I see it. Yeah, I see like, it for the first I, time. I called my husband. I called James from the game and I'm like, look, like, I'm about to lose my shit. And he's like, are you overreacting? And I'm like, when do I overreact? And he's like, okay. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well maybe I do, but I don't feel like I overreact. It takes a lot. 
And oh, he's like, I can overreact, but um, I'm trying my best to minimize those moments. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know. It's it's all it's all so good, and I'm thankful. I'm just very thankful, thankful and grateful for all of it. I'm thankful for who I've surrounded myself with. I'm thankful for my weekly therapy session. I'm thankful for the spotted life that my kids are in. I'm just very thankful. I'm thankful for the spot I'm in in life with what is going on. And it was weird that it all had to hit a month ago to make me emotional for every day, every but, single day for a but month. It is, it's like a light bulb goes off, right? You have all these mini realizations and then all of a sudden, and that's why it's so overwhelming because then all the pieces come together at once and you're like, it's awesome. Like, and it's awesome in the true sense of the word awesome, right? It is awe inspiring when you realize how much good and love is out there for you to feel connected to, to be connected to everyone. And it is, it is a weekly therapy session. I think the other thing is we're doing a lot of good for people that have felt like they didn't have a voice or that they were alone. And there is nothing worse than feeling alone because, yeah. you know, but I, I am thankful for the friendships I've developed. I'm thankful for being able to spread light and love out there and not- I'm thankful for the laughs. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing is someone's like, I can't believe you guys laugh at each other like that. And I was like, I laugh at myself all the time. I am oh my God. of what a fucking hot mess I am. Like I've never kid <laughs> that I'm a hot mess. Like I really Actually, wish I had the funny I moments are the best part about this for me. I mean, they're so funny. That's, I love to laugh. Laughing is, makes you feel good. And it's, Life is freaking hilarious. So. No, it isn't. It's a, it's like a Stephen Hawking quote. It's like, if life wasn't funny, it would just be really sad. And it's true <laughs> because like, it's, you know, like if you, again, if you could, if you only look for the negative and the sad part of life, well then life's rough. Yeah, it is. But find the joy in things. Every, I think most things are very funny. And then when you start like being able to laugh at your life, you realize just how unimportant a lot of petty shit was. Yeah. And like, again, I can be the queen of petty too. Like I let a lot of stuff go and then I'm like, oh, I'm put thumbtacks That's on That's how you. I am. And now that I am the same, same. But then once I have diarrhea of my mouth and say, I regret it. Cause I'm like, I just wish I would have never freaking put myself in that situation. No, no. But, you know, again, that's part of your journey. Yeah. But a lot of it is, you know, you're at the protecting your, you're at the protecting and a little bit of the sharing your light stage, right? I've protected my light for a long time. Now I have more light to share. And the other thing too, is as you start sharing your light and your energy, again, you collect those people that um, reflect your light and give you light. Don't just take light, but they give you light and it makes it easier for you to now lead the way for other people and I do, I think we've, you know, we're creating a community of people that really care about each other and want to do more good for the world and themselves and be honest and genuine and true. And then when you start to collect those people, whether it's virtually or in your actual life, you create a whole community that makes you feel enveloped in love and light in a way that you never understood or allowed before. Mm -hmm. Well, Remy, I think we had a really good talk today, literally since we've been on here. My phone, I must have 100 text messages on my phone, so it should be interesting to uncover what this might be all about. Uh, um, really good talk. And if you are listening and you've not gotten to this stage in your life, it's coming. And I hope it comes sooner rather than later because it's a pretty damn good feeling for sure. Anything else you'd like to add, Remy? No, just, you know, do all the good you want to see on small levels all the time. And uh, love without qualification. And you deserve to be loved without qualifications. Yeah, you do. 
it's hard to get to the point where you understand or realize that or you let it happen. So, well, thank you, Remy. I apologize for being late this morning, <laughs> but, uh, and I love your hair, thank rocking you. it out for your, and just in time for your favorite holiday. I know. Coming into spooky season. Spooky season's on its way out, actually. We're almost I was going to say, it's actually leaving soon. I know. All right. So thank you, people. Or thank you, people. Thank you for joining us today on Coffee with the Cowgirls. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Make sure to go subscribe and like what we're doing. Uh, appreciate your support. And until next week. Be bold, be brave, and be humble. Catch you next week, guys. Bye, Bye Remy. Bye.